You're listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author Sarah Box, where you get the inside scoop on the steps action takers and decision makers take to align their purpose to their principles and achieve their goals in business and life. We focus on the mantra, no labels, no limits, no excuses. And now, without further ado, please welcome your commanding coach with plenty of chutzpah and heart, Sarah Box. Hey there, this is Sarah, your host of the No Labels, No Limits podcast, and I want to start by thanking you so much for joining us for this special episode with our guest, who I know you're going to love. And really, if you think about it, the purpose of this podcast is to shed our limiting labels and beliefs so that we can live more wholly and more fully into who we are in this world. And our guest today, Marcella Benson, is someone who can talk to us about that from a really holistic perspective. And let me tell you a little bit more about Marcella first before we let her tell us about what she knows and share with us. She is a spiritual nutrition counselor, an Essene priestess, and author who is based in Miami Beach, Florida. She's a healer, passionate poet, and an avid student and spiritual teacher. As a fellow avid student, I am super excited to talk to her. She has been trained by Dr. Gabriela Cousins and at his School of Holistic Wellness in Arizona, and she graduated with a mastery in vegan live food nutrition. Talk about a specialization and spiritual fasting and recovering from diabetes naturally. And with diabetes as such a huge experience, you know, and a growing experience for people, I'm excited to learn about how she helps people recover naturally. She has studied superfood nutrition, Ayurvedic science, Chinese tonic herbalism, Amazonian herbalism, I'm having trouble with my enunciation, alliteration today, zero point energy healing, healing with gems and stones, and application of bioresonance, biofeedback, and frequencies for harmonization at some of the top institutes in the world. Whole different podcast on that. We could spend an hour and way more talking about harmonization. But today we are going to talk about her and her knowledge. And then we're going to spend time talking about this great book she has. She calls it her Magnus Opus coffee table book, and it's called Peace, Love, and Vegetables, Recipes for Conscious Living. And that piques my interest quite a bit on a number of levels, the conscious living, all of that. But she really has this as an inspirational guide to bring health, spirituality, and positivity and compassion to our homes. So with that, which has been in the making for more than 18 years of research, let me introduce you formally and welcome Marcella to the podcast. Hi, Marcella. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for having me. Hey, did I leave anything major out that you're thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, they should know this about Marcella? <laughs> well, first is love, peace, and vegetables, recipes for conscious eating. That's, and, uh, but then they should know about Marcella, what we're going to talk about now. Okay. Well, as my guests know, I like to start by asking this question, and that is whether there is something that you do every day or or regularly, Marcella, that keeps you focused on your big vision and your goals in life? Um, 
Meditation keeps me focused. Has that been a long time practice for you? Yes. Yes. Since I'm about 15 years old, I started very early. And how did you, was there a particular style of meditation that you practiced? Um, well, I've learned many years ago, uh, transcendental, transcendental meditation, and then I dropped that. And um, then I, through my studies and everything, I developed my own, you know, my own feeling and what it is to be completely empty. Also, when I was 16 years old, I had an experience of complete union and spontaneous awakening by myself. And that also taught me how I need to empty. Can you say a little bit more about that so folks listening could, I mean, that's a big little nugget to drop. I had a spontaneous <laughs> awakening of myself to myself. So just tell us a little bit more what's behind that, Marcel. Well, you know, usually, usually most of the people have, you know, by a teacher and who's already awakened, you know, uh, for me, was I, I studied transcendental meditation for about six months when I was 15 years old. I became a vegetarian back in the days when I was 15. And uh, by the time I was 16, I just thought it was so cool to be able to sit and meditate. Just sit and meditate. And um, then, you know, between 15 and a half and 16, I went up to the mountains um, with a few friends. Uh, one of my girlfriends and the father of my friends because we wanted to go to this place to experience um, health food the way the mountain people need to eat in order to survive a hike. And also they were doing a water fast for 21 days. And I started with the vegetarian little bites. Every two hours they bring you a bite so you had enough stamina to do exercise and to be up in the mountain. And then I said, okay, I'm ready for the fast and just water and corn barb. And when I started doing that, little did I know that my intuition opened up, but I didn't know, you know, when you're 15 and a half, you just do, you know, 16, you just, you just go for it. It's kind of like the, you know, the, the motion when you're growing, you're being taken and you go without a question. And that's what I did. I said, well, that's interesting. I'm feeling quite wood. I think I need to start meditating a little bit longer. And I did. And I said, I think I need to start meditating at night. And I did. And I put my little chair in the balcony first. And then I took it out of the balcony. And of course, I didn't go to the ground because I was afraid of the bugs. <laughs> But obviously, <laughs> that did not matter. You know, I kept taking my chair. I had the intuition of like, take my chair out of the light of the human being. I wanted to go more deeper into the darkness of the night, you know. And, um, and I was just meditating. Just, you know, empty, relax your neck, relax your head, relax your body, you know. And then it was... Oh, I'm here. <laughs> and 
I had this very, very incredible awakening experience in which I felt a hand beha- behind me and this, and I was very afraid. And I remember my spiritual teacher who taught me transcendental meditation in the temple, in the Hindu temple that I used to go in Buenos Aires was Sai Baba at the time. And I remember his teachings saying to me, fear is just a barrier to the truth. And because I felt a hand and I thought, oh my God, I'm going to be raped. I'm all the way in the mountain, you know? And when I remember that teaching, this hand came to my heart, no, kind of like penetrated the energy, penetrated and, 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 and squeezed my heart. And then whoosh, I was up part of the stars and the universe. And I knew my body was down and it was breathing by itself. I was not having to breathe. Something was just breathing, you. you know, breathing me, pumping the air. My body was taken care of, but I felt part of the stars and the universe and everything. And then all of a sudden, when it was time, I was kind of like dropped back down. Very, 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 very sweet. It was not violent at all. It was sweet, you know? The whole thing was very sweet. And then when I came back, it was very interesting. My friend and her father, they both had a red bindi. In the morning when, we, when I saw them, they looked at each other and said, oh, what do you have here? What do you have here? They both had a red bindi. And, um, and that day I had, that day and for many months and for a lifetime now, I started hearing the, the words of love that the universe is also whispering into the air. And this really, first I thought maybe I went crazy. I said, oh, maybe I'm schizophrenic. I don't know. I'm hearing things. And then I said, oh, look, Marcia, you're only hearing things of love. Why don't you write them down? And I started writing it down. And that's when my love of poetry came. And, uh, and I understood right then and there that it was coming through me. That is not me. It's not my body. It's not my mind. It is the universe flowing through you and speaking through you and marrying yourself with that. It's just the most holy way of being in the world. Is that possible for everybody, Maricela? I mean, is that available to everybody? Yes, I believe so. I Why not? Indeed. Why not? Why not? This is, this is our purpose. Our purpose in life is to feel this unconditional love, unconditional support and happiness. And yes, yes. That's a beautiful story. And how impactful at a young age, just before you're 16, you know, that is a hard time sometimes for teenagers. And then to, to have that experience that's so powerful and that kind of recenters you even into like who are you why are you so yes. what a gift yes i didn't think much of it at all later on in my late 20s when i started coming into start starting to study spiritual nutrition and everything that i do now and i i went to my my spiritual teacher and and mentor dr gabriel cousins then i was looking back and i'm like Wow, not only that, about 
I don't know, about 20 years ago, I saw my friend again, who we were there together. And she reminded me that I started fasting when I was 16 years old. And she reminded me, I had forgotten that that happened to me. Wow. I had forgotten. I said, do you remember, Marcela, when you had that meditation and my father and I woke up with a bindi? And all of a sudden, I was like, that's right. That's right. It obviously made an impression on her. (laughs) (laughs) To remember? That's, you know. And for me, it was not a big deal because, you know, when you're 16, it's not a big deal. It's nice. Yeah. Until you realize the significance of it later. Yeah. So how did you go from that place to studying you know, and all of the different fields. I mean, you've got years of different healing modalities, education, all of that. But what was the bridge? Um, did it start at that age when you were very young and had that experience and you just kept going in that direction? Or was there something else that drove you? Um, it, it was definitely something else. My father was a diabetic. So for me, it was a no-no. I don't want to go into nutrition. I don't want to go into diabetes. I don't want to go into the sickness. I just don't want to. But then when I got married and about 24 and I had my children, I had my first born. uh, And he he was was an amazing, he is an amazing human being. And, um, And I started learning about how to raise them and how to raise my daughter. And then when they started to have problems, this is when I said, okay, you cannot turn your back anymore into nutrition, into not wanting to know. You need to know. You need to know. And this is my, my, the love for my children drove me to study everything that I know today. Ah, there's that love again. Love at 16, love for your children. Boy, it's a powerful, powerful thread. Well, talk to us a little bit about that. What is a spiritual nutrition counselor? Um, I think we hear about nutrition counselors, but not necessarily a spiritual nutrition counselor. Yes. Well, we are trained in a way uh, that we are able to, well, we understand foods, not only um, for the nutrients, content, but also as a reflection of the colors of our energy, our subtle energy fields. And we understand food, not just as food, also as a measure of light, biophotonic light. We understand the body, not only as the body, as the solid flesh itself, but we understand the body as a measure of light. We understand the the emotions not just as a, an outside um, thing that happened to you and therefore you have an emotion, but as a karmic learning or teaching as a communication with the universal, uh, how the universe and how the divine is whispering to you what's next. Say that again. And let me ask you more specifically why I'm asking you to talk a little more about that, Marcella. So our emotions are a divine whispering about what's next. Did I understand that correctly? Yes. Not only about what is next, our emotions are guiding us um, to clean things up. 
Okay. And are so, telling us a story of the story that our mind is telling us and the relationship that we have with the world. How do we discern whether our emotions, which are telling us the story that our mind is telling us, right? How do we know if the mind's lying to us or telling us a true story? <laughs> is, that, is that question too bizarre for you? No, it's not bizarre because the mind is always lying. Okay. So that's what I'm asking. So then do we trust our emotions? Do you see where I'm going with that? Like, okay, is my, are my thoughts like going, are they those negative self-doubt thoughts, right? And should I believe them because I get nervous or my emotions key in? Or maybe my thoughts are like, wahoo, grandeur thoughts. I'm feeling on top of the world. My emotions kick in. To what degree do we trust the emotion to be true or the thought that's keying it? Um, and that may be off target, but I just was thinking, well, if you are linking the emotions to the energy and the light of the body, the nutrition that way, it seems to me there's some a big web that you're working within and using to help us. Yes. Well, you see, um, you can get guided by your instinct. Yes, by the, the centering, you know. But if you are completely guided through your emotions, um, you're, you're bound to do a much bigger run. <laughs> I'm right there with you. I trust my instincts, but not always my emotions, right? Because the emotions happen quick. Yes. Right? So, you know, yes. I stub my toe and my emotion is not one of pleasure. I'm, yeah. you know, it hurt. I'm mad. Right. So I can either go down that I'm mad thing. I hate this piece of furniture, whatever. Right. Or I can go yeah. that hurt. I'm mad. Move on. Right. Yeah. My instinct is, or my intuition is, or my knowledge is you should have moved that before. And you knew that. Right. So that's, I'm just trying to distinguish between emotion, yeah. intuition, how you see that kind of coming together for, for all of us who are listening to think about, Hmm. Well, you see, one one of the important things is um, once you realize your emotions and you can act from a place of completeness and silence and not just react in an emotion, your life and the life of people around you also changes. Okay, that's beautiful. Yeah. I understand that. <laughs> Okay. And I'm guessing the meditation helps. So thanks for explaining to me that bigger picture of the spiritual nutrition, all of that. You talked about like your dad having diabetes. Before we started recording this live, I, I basically told you how beautiful your name was. And you told me it has a couple of meanings, one of which is an anti-diabetic herb way up in the mountains. So, and then you talk about helping to heal diabetes naturally. Can you bring that together for us? I'm really interested yes. in how that works. Yes, a part of our studies with Dr. Gabriel Cassins, who wrote the book, There is a Cure for Diabetes. Um, and the last, the last editions, he has also some of my recipes there. I edited the last editions and I fixed all the parts of the recipes and how that was taught in the book. Um, so this was a, a very, very ingrained in our everyday school and practice. So 
First of all, it's a 21 day program that is done. And, um, and Dr. Cousins heads it by taking people of the medications, putting them in spiritual fasting, also uh, doing a whole um, rewiring of the brain and the emotions to understand that you can heal because most of the people think they cannot heal. They feel like diabetes is a death sentence and it isn't. Okay. And then after that, we do a whole re-education uh, in teaching them how to eat in a way to keep the sugar down. And it's a whole education. And not only that, uh, with herbs and um, uh, with enzymes to restore um, the, 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 the receptors in the pancreas, you know, because the receptors in the pancreas, no longer the insulin can get in, the keys of the insulin cannot get in because they have scarring or, you know, and basically through fasting and through eating in a way that heals diabetes, uh, you can heal. It's as simple as that. It's really, when you go through a lot of complications in life, you realize that the simplest things and, and the simplest things sometimes are not the simplest. They have even a movie, I think it's called 30 Days Raw. And a lot of people cannot do the program because it's just not for them. Yeah, simplest things don't necessarily mean easy because we have to change some beliefs, mindsets, practices, but they are simple and straightforward. They are, they are. But the most difficult thing is to change your lifestyle, to go into your kitchen and change everything you ever thought it was okay to eat, you know, and coming into complete um, power, you know, and do not blame anybody else for what you have. Not blame your parents because they didn't know. Do not blame yourself because you didn't know either. You know, and come back into the power, into learning, into wisdom, into doing the practices that are going to help you heal no matter what. Well, I do want to ask you um, what that herb is is it something that then you blend in with things is it a cleansing herb i mean it's a curious thing to say you have an anti-diabetic herb right? oh there are many they're not okay. just one <laughs> there's many the okay one that, the one that is is a tea that is called marcella marcelita it's an andes herb and it's just a little flower and you make a tea and you drink it every day but there is many many antidiabetogenic herbs from many different cultures many not just one i mean uh, there is many 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 mm -hmm. wonderful okay good well, let's talk about your book um first of all how did you come up with that title <laughs> love peace and vegetables i came up with this title because um one of the things you know, everybody used to make a little bit of fun of me because of what I used to teach, what I teach. And, you know, Marcela, the veggies, the love, you know. And uh, then I started uh, answering my emails, uh, love, peace, and vegetables. And then everybody, somebody, if we would make in chocolates, they would answer me back, love, peace, and chocolates, or love, peace, and something else, you know. And it became a thing. It became a thing within my circles. And I said, okay, that's going to be, that's going to be the thing for me, love, peace and vegetables. And, um, you know, and truly love, I think, you know, the unconditional love, I'm not speaking just about 
the love that is mistaught. I'm speaking about the unconditionable love without judgment. Okay, and I thought that we needed more of that in the world. And I thought that my book can become a, a, a vehicle for you to give a present. And the first thing you see when you open it is the word in big love, you know? It's a beautiful book cover. Yes, yes. It's and a, I wanted it's arresting. Oh, thank you. It, it's beautiful. Thank you. And I wanted to create it also like the cover of the book is like an invitation. I wanted people to be invited. You are not obligated to heal. You're not obligated to be vegan. You're not obligated to do anything you don't want to do. You are invited. I'm opening the doors of my home, the doors of my heart with this book and giving you and take what you want from it. You don't need to do anything that you don't want to do. What kind of um, comments or feedback have you received so far on it, Marcella? Ah, it's been beyond my imagination. I get a lot of wows. I get a lot of like, I can't believe it. <laughs> I can't believe you wrote it or that it's such a great book. That is such a great book that when they receive it and they gift it, they don't want to give it away. And then they buy another one and then they keep buying to gift it. And, you know, it's, it's becoming a, a it's, you know, it's, it's becoming its own thing. And I'm, I'm so happy. People are loving it. People love it, love it, love it. And I love it too, because I did this book very intentional, you know, with the poetry, um, with blessings, with recipes, with instructions. I explained even how, what are the best, what is the best water to drink? What are the best filters? What is the best salt? Why to have salt? You know, what are the things you can do to inspire yourself to a better life? And for me, I believe that anything you learn that brings you into laughter, into inspiration, see, you'll never forget. It's a good time, you know? How can you forget your good times? And we need, the world needs more of a good time and more beauty, you know, because all I see is good and all I see is beauty. So for me, I wanted to bring even the pictures, the way they are done, the food that you see in my books, it's all real. It's all after we shoot it, I send it to the neighborhood. I shoot the book in Bali. And I send the book to the, and I send the, the, the food to the neighborhood for the people to eat it. Oh, because fun. all the food, you know, I wasn't going to waste any of the food or spray the food to make it look good. I said, the food needs to look how it is. Perfect. Because food is good food, organic, good food is perfect. It really is. And well, it tastes when they're good. sprayed and it looks fake. And then when you go to buy ingredients and you're looking, you're thinking, well, these ingredients must not be good when in fact they're perfectly fine, right? Yes. We're just trained to see something different. What yes. was one of your first recipes that you knew right away was going in this book? Huh, that's a very good question. Um, you know, that recipe never went in. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, what recipe would it have been had you put it in there? 
And why didn't it go anywhere? Because it was, it was such a phenomenal recipe, but it was not, uh, I was not able to replicate it every time. Um, it, it was like a whole herbal recipe. I do have herbal recipes. Like I have one of my, my favorites is the Tao Zen blueberry pie. And I call it Tao Zen blueberry pie because I'm using uh, a Shisandra berries, which is good for the skin, for the hair, for the nails. It's one of those beautifying berries that is used in oriental medicine. And, um, and then I mix the Shisandra berry with the blueberries. And then also I said, if you have, if you happen to have ginseng with you, I use it in the crust. Ooh. So it has this beautiful, delicious, earthy flavor and this oriental flavor plus the freshness of the blueberry. And that's a phenomenal pie and it's very easy to make. Um, and but That's what I was going to ask you. How easy is it to make? Because, you know, I'm sitting there already getting thinking, oh, wow, that, that's a great mix of flavors. I'm, I bet that's hard. <laughs> no, no, it's not... Look, if you've never cooked in your life, this I always say, if you haven't cooked, this is also the book for you because then you can learn from the right way from the start. You know, if you cooked for many years in the pots and you stirred and you stirred, and then so, sometimes when you look at something new, you're going to say, wow. And also don't forget, if you're not used to using any of the ingredients that I present, it's going to be like a... Um, like a like a whole new learning and you want to take it slowly or or fast some people are very fast it all depends how you learn see and then it's wonderful because it brings you into this whole knowledge that you know in just one book I'm so excited about the book Um, and that that's good for whatever level you are when it comes to cooking and that it has different ingredients in it also Um, Because sometimes when you're switching up what you eat, new ingredients can help make that easier, right? Because you're thinking, oh, this is tasty. This is new. I'm not giving up something. I'm adding something. I always say that. I love to come from the point of view of abundance. Yeah. And I said, okay, just add. Don't don't erase add. And then the other things are just going to fall away because you didn't do no, no longer is going to be placed for them and i have a lot of soups that are just just put it all in the blender turn on the blender done i love soup okay i'm doing a fast order on the book i want it now um (laughs) oh i do i just i i adore soups and i adore i have a lot of soups a lot of soup and i have one of them that is i love it because the other day my my um my daughter-in-law asked me, you know, I'm so tired. I come back from work and I don't know what to eat. And I'm so tired, you know, and I grab anything. What do I do, Marcela? And I'm like, okay, darling. She was at my house in my kitchen. I said, go to the refrigerator. I didn't even move. Okay. Because it was late. I was tired too. (laughs) (laughs) But it's more, I didn't move because I wanted her to realize how easy it was. I said, go to the refrigerator and look for the chickpea miso, the organic chickpea miso, and put the hot water to boil. And then grab a two tablespoons of chickpea miso, put it in the mug. Okay, 
then what do I do? Just grab some washed spinach already, the, the, the kind in the boxes that is already triple washed. Put it in the mug, how much you want, whatever. You know, do you want anything else, any other veggies? She's like, I don't feel like it. Just put hot water, now turn it. Now try it. What do you think? Oh, this is amazing. I think that's it. Hot water and miso, chickpea miso. And then if you have veggies and you have strength to cut the veggies or put the veggies in your soup, you have a wonderful veggie soup. A soup that I call in my book, Miso Healthy. Oh, I love nice play on words. <laughs> <laughs> I love miso. Um, and I didn't know there was chickpea miso. I, I have a lot to learn from you, Marcella. Okay, I do want to know, since I'm sure there's not just a single recipe, I do want to know what that recipe you'd never put in would have been. Did you, it doesn't, I understand needing to replicate it so that those of us who are trying to learn it actually have something to match towards. But it sounds like it's something that's just part of you. When you make it, you probably improvise a little as you go or tweak it a little. I, I, I don't use measurements. And to do a book, you have to measure everything. And uh, that one, just, it just didn't let me. It was a complete herbal um, recipe. And it was this dandelion. And I don't remember what other herbs right now. I have to look in my notes. And so I would make this kind of coffee tea with herbs. and. Yes, and then this coffee tea with herbs, I will mix it. I don't remember if it was cashew or almonds. And then um, I would put Irish moss, and this I would pour it in, in, in a pan. And it was so delicious. And it was so not like anything else you've ever had. So unique and delicious, but not replicable. I couldn't replicate it. And I said, you know what? I got to move on. I have too many other recipes. And I, I, I probably in my next book, it's going to come. I'm, I'll, I'll put some more time into that one because, but it's going to be more of an herbal book. Yeah. A food with herbs and superfoods only. In your next book. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is a good book for all of us to get started with. So we're ready for your next book. Exactly. Okay. You need, this is definitely, uh, when you have this, you have uh, 18 years of nonstop work and learning here. Well, it won't take us 18 years to understand how to cook it though. So that'll be good. No, um, no. Give yourself, give yourself learning curve about three months. That's not bad. Hmm. especially when the payoff for learning is good food. And it's for the rest of your life. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. Say you're living in a household with different eating preferences, right? Some people will or won't eat this. How do you integrate this into um, a house that just has, like someone says, I'm only eating this or I won't eat that? Or um, how do we do that? Yes. Can we do that? Well, it all depends because um, peace in the home is very important. You know, you don't want to pull the rug very fast from underneath everyone without asking for consent. See, you don't want to do something because you're doing it for yourself and it works for yourself and then you do it for everybody else. So maybe you have a meeting with the family. 
maybe you have a meeting with the children or you have a meeting and you ask and if they don't want you know and you need to go into something else because that's what you want to do you do it only for yourself and then everybody else needs to put their part in cooking and making because you know nowadays everybody works the, the mother and the father. So everybody needs to, I, I remember I used to put my daughter to peel almonds, you know, I said, I need help. You know, I had my son who did a terrible job. <laughs> you know, some children do a wonderful work and some others don't. So you have to allow it for that because at the end, it all measures up to love and, and memories. and Absolutely. You know, and you can laugh about those things and the children end up learning, you know, if you don't lose it all the time. <laughs> well, they learn acceptance and the willingness to be try stuff and be creative. And it's not the end of the world if you don't peel almonds perfect, you know. Yeah. And I also yeah. think about some of the kids who don't do stuff well. I'm thinking, oh, they are smart like a fox, right? Because <laughs> someone else is going to help them do it. Um you know, I think about this book and all the work that you have done, Marcella, and I'm wondering, from your perspective, what do you think is possible for our planet, all of us that are taking up space on the planet and the planet itself, from conscious living, eating, and loving? When you're doing that for yourself, you're doing it for the whole world and for every human being. Because what you eat, you see, when you're eating organic or when you're eating local and you know your farmers and you pay straight to your farmers and you make sure this keeps growing and you talk to your farmers and you get and you understand how important is our topsoil. Yes. When you start understanding these things and you start talking about it and you make it part of your life, you make it part of your refrigerator, of your food, you are changing the world. You are asking for better things. You are asking for better commerce, you see? So the change in the world starts with you. Peace starts with you. Love for yourself and love for the planet starts with you. It's nowhere up there or somewhere in some government in the world. It just isn't. It's with you. You know, I was going to ask you as your final question or your second to last question, if there was a unifying message from this book or in general that you would want to share. And now I'm wondering if what you just said about it all starts with you is that message. Yes. Marcella, yes. I am truthfully, even though I laughed and I was, you know, kind of joking around with you on some of this stuff, I am inspired by what you're doing and the difference that you're making with not just with the recipes, but with your intention and your focus on the health and well-being big time for everybody. So um, no joke, I am when we're done talking, I'm ordering that book so I can have it when I get back from my little short trip um, because I am cooking, <laughs> not always perfectly, but I am cooking more and more. So and I, I'm looking forward to that. But for folks who want to connect with you, um, work with you, what are the best ways? I mean, like what kinds of things um, could people reach out to you for and where should they reach out to you? They can reach out uh, either social media or 
in my website. My website is www.marcela.love. And um, social media is uh, at Marcela T. S. and Thomas Benson. Okay. okay. We will so, put that in the in the um, notes for everybody. Wonderful, wonderful. So, and I see people online or here in person, uh, and um, but really, really the best way to start working with me is through this book. Really, really. Uh, start with this book. Then if you still need me, then you can reach out to me. Okay. That is, you know, that's pretty straightforward. Get the book, then reach out. Yes. Okay. Marcella, yes. thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. I just feel like we're in the presence of someone who has given so much of your life and growth and learning to bring to us in a pretty shorthand way, some powerful ways that we can change from the inside out. So thank you. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. I really appreciate it. And um, I, I really liked meeting you and speaking with you. <laughs> The same to you. And for all of you listening today, I want to thank you for being part of the podcast. And please do, if you have been moved by something Marcella said, whether it was nutrition related, spiritual related, her own path, um, please share this podcast episode with someone else. Leave a review, rate it, review it, because that helps us reach more people like you um, so that we can keep on sharing the great people on the planet, and there's tons of them out there who care and are doing big work so that we can all live without labels and limits and excuses. So thanks, and we'll be back next week. You've been listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author, change agent, and strategic vision coach, Sarah Box. You can grab the show notes and find out how to work with Sarah at sarahbox.com forward slash no labels, no limits podcast. We'd love this podcast to reach as many people as possible. So please remember to rate, leave a five-star review and share the podcast with someone you think would get value from this conversation. Until next time, keep taking those daily action steps to align your purpose to your principles and achieve your goals in business and life.